0: Today's topic is eight um, easy pitch tips that we can use to help improve your results today to help convert your pitches and keep you converting to press wins without spinning your wheels, without continuing to have to go back to the drawing board all the time. So pitching it is the bread and butter of PR, as we know. And we know you cannot land killer press placements for your client without sending really great pitches, okay? Um, But we've also heard from our members of the media, our journalist friends, that their inboxes are insane. You think yours is crazy? They get, I've had one Huffington Post editor back when it was like just the crown jewel um, tell me that she got 75 qualified pitches every single day, every single day, on top of all the other nonsense, right? So we want your pitches to be easy to stand out and not be easy to be passed over. So um, it could be just the little tiniest details that make the difference. And so we're gonna share just a few small adjustments that can take your pitch to the next level, make it irresistible to editors in your niche. Seriously, simple tweaks, right? So number one, personalization is everything. These robotic pitches spray and pray is not only not going to get the job done it's obviously extremely lazy this is going to make a bad impression it's not going to make no impression it makes you look really bad makes you look really lazy and they can sniff out these spray and pray pitch angles approaches emails whatever you want to call it because they're they're not they're not worth your time to even send them, um, they can sniff it out a mile away and it goes delete. Or by the way, sometimes editors will forward them around and be like, Take a, get a load of this nonsense. Can you believe this? Not only is this not a good fit for me, but this person has no idea what's going on in this industry. Like I'm never gonna accept a pitch from them again because clearly, they're wasting my time. And so I'm never going to look at it again. And I know it goes without saying, but we kind of have to say it because you would be shocked at the number of pitches that well-respected PR agencies, their teams are sending out that are lazy and spray and pray and just like uh, ineffective, right? So you're, Pitch needs to speak to who the editor is, why this story is relevant and important for them, and why it's the right choice for their publication. Why is it relevant to their readers? What value does this information, this expert, this product, this uh, story angle, what does that add to their readership? And every part of your pitch should be personalized, from that subject line to the pitch body and the call to the call to action and the signature, um, every part of the pitch, personalized, put it in effort to connect with your media contact, craft a message that is for them and only them. Even if the body has the same idea, the same kind of information for them to consider, you can write in a tone that is similar to their writing style. You can personalize the intro, the body, personalize the signature. Do not forget to show them who you are. So this is a great way to deepen your relationship with your media contact, form a stronger connection. And I'm also going to mention that um, if you are not following a lot of our journalist friends on Substack, um, we released a resource inside of the Pitch Lab that is just a a list of our favorite journalists to follow on Substack and most of them if not all have a paid version. Their paid content is really insightful and that's relationship building and you all should be doing that too. We share a lot about how to create genuine media connections with the gatekeepers in your niche or your niches because you can't make relationships, nor should you try, with every single possible media contact, it's impossible. That's another reason why I suggest that you niche down. Okay, that was number one, personalize everything. Two, stun them with your subject line. So this is the first impression that a journalist is going to see, and they get a lot of emails. We know that the vast majority of them will be deleted, delete. Um, So you have to pique their interest, grab their attention right away, and the subject line should just get them to click and open that email. So keep it on the shorter side. An interesting subject line that is super lengthy is useless. If it gets cut off by the email's uh, preview window, right? So if an editor is using a certain email where they're set up in a way where they can see the name of the person sending it and the subject, but the subject gets cut off because it's long. That's not gonna be useful to you. So keep it short and sweet. Um, Personalize your subject lines for every pitch. So we don't wanna copy and paste, it's not the way to go here. A subject line relevant to their beat, that publication, their expertise, their readership, whatever you can do to make it personalized, that's far more likely to get their attention than something super vague. You know, and I don't like the cutesy messages that are like tongue in cheek and they have to figure out like what the the heck is even going on here. Just simple, short and sweet, grab their attention to get them to want to click and open and read the rest. Okay, number three, you're writing a pitch. It's not a novel. You know, save the hundreds of words for your book because just because you can write hundreds of words for your pitch, doesn't mean you should, obviously you should not. When writing a pitch, the goal is to get the editor all of the info they need just to decide whether or not to proceed with your your pitch, your idea, to ask what's next. You can hit your main points and you shouldn't need more than a few hundred words. And you can summarize your main ideas, the main points, what can this expert speak on, with bullets, just to keep it really simple. And the pitch lead is part two of your pitch's first impression, and that's when the journalist opens your email. And if they look and they see a massive first paragraph waiting for them, they're not gonna wanna read all the way through that, just to pull out the information that they need to consider what your idea is. So two to three sentences just for that lead part, that's best, short sentences, I tend to write long, run-on sentences. I will go back after I've gotten all my thoughts out and then all of the connecting words, you know, um, like uh, another, da da, da da so that, da 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 da, da and then da-da-da, you've got to cut those connecting words out and convert it into different sentences so that they're short sentences. That's the best. It is a a level of respect by not just dumping things on them and letting them figure it out. This is number four. Don't make editors search for info. That's not respecting their time. And also, um, I remember this from elementary school or or early middle school. The English teacher said this, but he always would say, if I had more time, I would have written you a shorter letter. And, And when I was, you know, 12, I was like, what the heck does that mean? You know, now I get it. Being concise, having a well-edited response or pitch or email or blog post, that takes more time than just a word dump. When you go back through and you trim and you make sure that every piece of it is important to consider and relevant, that takes more time. So, you know, that editing, editing is love. Editing is sharing... uh, that you value their time, right? Because you're giving them just the fundamentals. But the other thing here with having editors search for information, you know, editors are really busy. They don't need to take that extra step to head over to Google, search your client's website. Um, you want to link out to relevant info, like the client's website and th- specific products if you're pitching it so that they can click right through and get that information if they need it at the tip of their fingers. Um, The other thing you wanna make sure is that you go through your client's websites and that they are accurate, they're up to date, there's no broken links. This is part of the get ready for press. We talk a lot about this inside the Pitch Lab. It's one of the things that um, we oftentimes are just so eager to hit the ground running. We're like, they're paying me, let's go and they may not be ready which means you aren't going to be ready so sometimes when you kick off the engagement you can spend a little bit of that time going through their assets and making recommendations to get them ready for press success so that's part of it is ensuring that the client's forward-facing content is complete thorough accurate up-to-date doesn't have broken links, so give them all the links, the information that they need, easy to access, and having all of that information clickable and accessible, it makes it easier for your media contacts to do their job, and it keeps the bulk of that content out of the pitch. But the other side of it, flip, is do not go overboard with your linking. It's like that sweet spot. So putting a ton of links into your pitch text No, 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 no. It gets overwhelming for them to read and it can prompt them to just move on from your pitch and you're only going to include necessary links and stick to like two at the most per paragraph. But here's the deal. PR pros for a while were trying to play nice with SEO that their clients hired. And a lot of times... SEO was saying, we need anchor text links, and we need um, to have our website linked to certain keywords that people are using in search. So PR pros would then say, like, for example, one of our clients wanted luxury baby blankets, and they wanted it to link to their homepage. So they were asking us, every time you pitch luxury baby blankets, Can you just include embedded in anchor text so the words luxury baby blankets would be hot linked to the client's homepage? That will get you deleted. Do not do this. And if a client, we just had a client say, hey, we have a link tracking document and we want you to use these links and we want you to suggest to editors that these like UTM trackable links are the ones that they use. And we literally replied, that's not possible, happy to discuss on our call. That's a no, that is a no, you cannot do that. We know now that a lot of the linking goes back to affiliate marketing, things like that. If your SEO team, if your client's SEO team is like, get the PR people bought into this and have their pitches go out linking these keywords that are valuable in search, that's a hard no. Because, oh, the reason here's the reason why, editors, have to go, sometimes they'll copy your copy, which is fantastic because you want it to be thorough, complete, accurate, and you know that if they are using what you send in your pitch, they're gonna get just that. But if they then have to go back and delete all of your links and all of the weird code that comes along with it, that is not gonna happen. You're just gonna get left in the dust. So keep that in mind. Don't go overboard with your links. And number five, avoid those attachments. So when you're including your client's assets with your pitch, we know you could just attach it, super easy, and press send, but that's a big no. We've heard this a million times, right? So when you include these attachments, sometimes it gets flagged as spam, and it'll just go into the abyss and never get seen. Um, A lot of editors are reading through new pitches while they're on the go, Sometimes these attachments, they won't load. It causes their, you know, like the spinning wheel of doom and they just get annoyed. And they can't really see the attachment until they're back in the office anyway or back at their computer. So instead, you can consider including your client's assets in links to a special Google Drive or a Dropbox folder. You want to make sure if you're using a Dropbox or Google Drive and you link to that, in the body of your pitch that you're ensuring that that viewing and editing permission are up to date so that they can access it. Because if they have to request access after you've provided a link, that's ridiculous. You should have that set. And Google Drive used to be really tricky, but they've updated their um, sharing permissions to make it a lot more visibly clear what access you're giving with a link. So you don't have to add their email, but you can change it to a a viewer, a commenter, an editor. You can change it to someone outside your organization. You used to have to go digging for that. Now, when you go to share it, it's very, very easy. And they put it front and center, and you know exactly what the sharing permissions are. Make sure they can access it, and they do not have to ask for permission. Okay, Number six, it's getting that second set of eyes on your pitch. That's your best friend. For me, a second set of eyes is my eyes after I've taken a little break, after I've had um, time to refocus my eyes, I've taken the dog for a walk, or maybe I've um, had lunch, or I put the pitch away for an hour and then come back with fresh eyes. Because I'm a good editor, but sometimes I'll miss things the first time around. Um, If you're confident in your um, editing skills and your grammar, take a break, look at it with fresh eyes. Editors, journalists, first and foremost, they're writers. They don't like pitches that have spelling, grammar. Um, It shows a lack of respect. And it shows that they'll think you're not smart. I'm sorry to tell you, they just don't. So you never want them to think that you just threw together a pitch and just sent it out without a second thought, which we never do. But sometimes if there's grammatical errors or little um, typos, you look like you were haphazard and hasty, which is another part of this um, uh, pitching um, framework that I've developed. It's the where you are on that pro- pitching proficiency scale. We want to get you to pitching powerhouse, um, spray and pray, making mistakes. We call that haphazard and hasty. We're going to move you towards Um, a better proficiency in pitching. So uh, check with a team member, ask someone to read over it to get um, their eyes on your pitch to just punch it up a little bit before you send it. That fresh set of eyes, somebody else, they'll spot those little mistakes that you might've overlooked. Anything that, um, you know, obviously you didn't mean, or like sometimes you'll write something and spell check will change it. And you're going, I didn't mean to say that. Um, if there's clunky wording, like I just had my husband review a pitch, I had a sentence in my proposal for the last, I don't know, seven years that he was like, I'm reading this. I have read it 10 times. It doesn't make any sense to me. I know what you're trying to say, but this isn't it. So we just took that out and we came up with like a new uh, way to approach giving that information that wasn't so wordy and tricky. So getting that fresh set of eyes. And if you're sending out a last minute pitch and you can't find anyone on short notice, run it through Grammarly, you know, better than nothing. And you can also try reading it out loud. Turn on Zoom, record yourself, or turn on your iPhone and record yourself. And as you're reading it, if you trip up on your words or it sounds wonky, you can catch those small mistakes before it goes out. So that was six your second set of eyes is your best friend, or maybe your best friend is your second set of eyes. Who knows? Uh, Number seven, send pitches when your contacts are online. So if you're working after your normal hours or on the weekends to play catch up, which is fine, um, and you're writing that pitch, wait until the work week to send those emails or wait until normal business hours because there's no point sending your pitch outside of working hours because we want to respect that our contacts are unplugged and they don't really want, I mean, they're, they're still on their phones and they're checking and they'll be like, why did you send, why did this person send a pitch on a Sunday night? You know, I'm still on my weekend, I'm in weekend mode. So they're not gonna even review it until Monday anyway. Um, it could get buried in the bottom of their inbox over the weekend. Um, it's just, you know, I love if you, want to catch up and get some stuff done in off hours, but boomerang it, you know, get it set up or get ready to send it out during normal business hours. It's best to send your pitches when you know your media contacts are going to be online. They're gonna have their inboxes open. Um, Be mindful of those time zones. And uh, your 9 a.m. isn't necessarily theirs. So if you're in East Coast and you're pitching, you know, somebody that, you know, happens to be in L.A., that's going to be 6 a.m. for them, you know, so they're, it's just early. Um, or if you're Pacific, I just did this actually because I wanted to get something in under the wire, but I sent a proposal at 10 a.m. Pacific to somebody on the East Coast. Um, not the ideal time, um, given that they uh, probably have been offline and they're probably asleep. So also check holidays. And if you're reaching out to international publications, maybe they have a long weekend and you don't. This has happened with some of our Canadian members who are pitching U.S. press. Um, That's another value in the Pitch Lab is that we're providing – those calendars that will help you with the holidays for pitch angles and also just planning your content for a long and short lead. And you can start to see, okay, that's a national holiday. They're not going to be in the office. Um, so keep up with that. Uh, number eight, and we talk a lot about this inside the Pitch Lab. This is all about the follow-up. Don't flub the follow-up. The way you follow up, it's just as important as your original pitch. And journalists and editors, busy people, they might have kept it in their inbox to get back to you. There's a chance they maybe missed it, they didn't see it. And if you haven't heard back and it's been maybe like two days, I'm not talking the weekend, but like business days, send a friendly follow up email, check in, see if they've read your pitch. You can also set up a pitch tracker or an email open tracker to see if. They've opened your pitch. Sometimes you can see they've opened it many times. Um, If you don't get a response after that, then move on. that could be moving on with a new idea for that editor. It could be moving on with that original pitch to a new editor at that publication or a different publication if you did an embargo or uh, an exclusive or something. But once a journalist has accepted your pitch and they're in that writing process, leave them alone for a little bit. Keep that follow-up outreach to a minimum because you're gonna annoy them. And you'll get back to them when they ask for other assets, but don't constantly reach out to them to find out how the writing's going. Trust that your media contacts are doing their job. Let them do it. Trust that you've given them complete, accurate information. If they need something else, they will ask you. After a little time passes, you can follow up and say, do you know when that's expected to run? Do a Google search first to make sure that it hasn't. Definitely make sure you are searching on your own to see if the article ran before you reach out. Because if that's easily gotten information and you're asking about it, it's annoying to them. Maybe your follow up is a big thank you. You know, wow, just saw this come across Um, Google Alerts and this is fantastic, thank you so much always show your appreciation so those are just eight little subtle tweaks um we go so much more in depth in the pitch lab because i want to turn you guys all into pitching powerhouses on that pitching proficiency scale and between our execution plans and our roadmap for how to efficiently effectively execute a campaign for your clients And that training you can use to train your team and save you time. There's just the master classes and the coaching calls in the community. It is like going to amp up your um, pitching prowess like crazy. So thank you guys so much for being here today. Have a great rest of your week. And I will talk to you soon. Bye, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Pitching Powerhouse podcast. If you're ready to uplevel your pitching skills so that you can provide stellar services to your clients, you should think about joining the Pitch Lab. Check out the link in the episode description to learn more. So the Pitch Lab is this awesome, incredible monthly membership experience where you will get the proven formula for crafting PR pitches that actually convert and get tons of strategic, timely pitch angles so you never run out of pitch ideas again. Oh, and you also get access to incredible monthly execution plans that save you hours of time and include irresistible pitch angles that the media cannot ignore. With relevant and timely strategies and topics for PR coverage during current events, holidays, monthly awareness observances, say that fast three times, seasonal events and more, you'll be able to create PR content that makes your clients stand out, even if you are new to PR. So check out the link in this episode's description to learn more. And as always, be sure to tune in to next week for another incredible episode packed with the insights you need to become a pitching powerhouse.